0: When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. A of Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh-hand, burned-piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well.
1: play of the game. Ron waiting for the White Ops to get downfield. Launches the throw down toward the goal line going up. Ball tipped in the left. Yes, Touchdown. Gordon West camp. Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the The throw is Martinez, not being chased, throws it out, a black Burkhead makes a catch, sits tackle, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, Rex Burkhead touchdown, a and... rescue!
0: What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on a special Christmas edition, as you can tell by how I'm dressed. Christmas edition of Church of the Quorum presents the Saturday morning service. Good news is because it's Christmas, we got all the boys here today. Well, we got two of the three. Drake will be joining us in a bit. Fitz, how are you doing, my friend? It's been a while.
2: I'm I'm doing well, yeah. It has it has been a while. this would be feel like we
0: eight
2: seven years since we uh, were last in a studio together, but that's okay. The holidays maybe sometimes do that too. Is that right?
0: Yeah, the holidays do stuff like that to you. I mean, you know, the good thing is we can do this anywhere. So you don't have to technically be in the studio for people to get to listen to our beautiful voices talk to each other.
2: Yeah. And I'm People's not even wearing busy. pants. So it's perfect.
0: <laughs> well, let's, I'm going to give people a little bit of a breakdown of what we'll do today because. Usually, we do two shows, one Saturday, one Sunday. Uh, This one's usually the national breakdown, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a quick signing day breakdown, uh, just over a few teams. Specifically, I want to talk about Alabama, Texas, Miami. Um, Then from there, we're going to go into a five star flipping real quick from Oklahoma uh, or to Oklahoma, excuse me. We'll go through, and then we'll spend the rest of the time on Nebraska and recruiting class because we got a ton of questions. So, uh, Fitz, what'd you think of the signing day? Was there, was there any big programs that caught you off guard by when it
2: happened? Um, and I know we'll, I know we'll get to it, but just kind of for me, just in quick succession here, I think Oregon doing some work was a little bit of a surprise. Um, and then there's been some trickle, I think not trickle down, but there's been some things that have happened even yesterday. It kind of impacts Oregon just in a different way. Um, obviously, Oklahoma. Um, but I guess the... And it's still ongoing right now, but for some reason it's, it's sticking out to me, is the um, the transfers out of Florida. Um, there's, yeah. There seems to be quite a few, but
0: I mean, overall, though... Be
2: yeah, overall, can we say it was... Can we say it was chalk uh, a little bit? I mean, you kind of have an idea where where guys are going. There was a few surprises um, local that we can talk about, um, and then just you know a few a few flips here and there. I think uh, you know you have a, a player who uh, chose another school and had to come back and kind of apologize on how he handled stuff. So I think I think there's the the theatrics and all that stuff. Now that it's there's transferring. Uh, the early signing all of that is just kind of not gone but it's it's weird I don't know it's it's how it's crazy how much it's changed in the last even just kind of two cycles for early so we'll well yeah, into all that
0: it is pretty strange but you know it's it's, it's kind of one of those things where you've got a 18 year old making a decision on where they're going to spend the next four years I mean you remember how you were yesterday um i <laughs> you couldn't make the decision let alone be an 18 and i'm the same way like if you would have given me that kind of power at 18 and put cameras in front of my face there is 100 chance i'm going to screw it up 100 chance
2: well yeah and if you you feed into the you feed into the ego you feed into the the to all of the hype um and it's and it's that attention right you have you have the player who um you know, I'm drawing a blank the the Jackson State transfer
0: oh uh Travis has, Hunter I
2: believe tra- Travis Hunter yeah ends up in call ends up at Colorado but he's like you know get me to a hundred thousand and I'll make it oh, no, that was uh
0: yeah that was that was Hunter I was thinking of shadura for a second
2: you know it was, yeah and it's like get me to a hundred thousand on this and I'll you know I'll give you my announcement it's like well number one you were gonna do the announcement anyway it, it's a hey you know what though, in this day and age, you got to market yourself. I get um, it. You're, you know, on it's three. Some of
0: it is. I get it.
2: It it really, it really is, and if it, if, you know, but
0: people are going to do it. That's the thing. They, and they I understand are. it though. If you're going to build a brand in college football, you need, and and you you've seen the NIL stuff on uh, on three, right?
2: Yes, and that's where I was kind of heading with that. Yes.
0: Yep. I'll let you do your thing on it, though. It it's just. I think it's kind of cool, but I also understand why some people think it's a little—I'll say—cringy um, on what it's doing to the college game.
2: Yeah, and you know, Shannon Terry, Terry Shannon. I always do that on three. I can't. I've never. I always mix up the first and last name, but
0: that's a good thing. We're never going to work for on three.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <costless>. <laughs> he. You put out there though i mean it's right what you said it's they can look at those metrics and they can actually see the interactions and they can see and they can they have that to a connected to a formula with a dollar amount and and that stuff yeah. goes up but the one part the one part that kind of coming full circle on the whole thing with, with signing day leading a day or two leading up to it and a day or two leading you know after it is what was going on in Colorado because you talked about branding and for me it really, and I know it's not the first, and won't be the last, but it's it's really now about Deion Sanders versus Colorado because even on their even on their commitment graphics, it was you know committed or you know this offered by Prime committed you know it wasn't there what not you could figure it out, but you had to look to the small print to see University of Colorado. You had to look to the small print to find Boulder not even
0: a a shot but doesn't it come off kind of similar to pj fleck like not in a bad way but because he the the university is now branded as fleck university if you will it's still minnesota but he's got that branded so well in minnesota that don't we think prime is trying to do the same thing where it's minnesota's not a huge draw traditionally but if you've got a power figure at the head people want to play for that yeah but
2: just yeah but I think your the totality of it and the the genie you know getting let out of the bottle is that look at you know and it's not the entire team but the thought did cross my mind are they gonna have enough players to play? Look at Jackson State. I mean, just running running out of town. Some are going with him, some are not. But what happens in a year or two, you know, when he up and leaves Colorado, is it worth is it worth what you're, what you're doing? Because now you have an individual over the program. And to be fair, we saw a little bit of that really early on in Frost after he got hired, but it was, we've got the name and hopefully we can patch some things, you know, and see how it goes. Well, that Colorado has the name and, you know, and I know there was, you're going to utilize that marketing is 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 what it is and you know you have a if you have the right last name and it works with some different things like rule why wouldn't you put it in there but even the t-shirts even a couple of sweatshirts it's a it's a play on the horseshoe it's a play on university type of stuff and that's where it fits for me so
0: well let's do this what's going on drake thanks for joining us buddy
1: hey what's up guys
0: Oh, you know, just about to talk about your favorite school of all time, Alabama.
1: oh Jesus!
0: Well, real quick, I just wanted to say because the the top five of the recruiting' of national signing today was Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Miami, and Ohio state. two of those two of those five don't match Texas and Miami, although Texas is traditionally a top top ten recruiter anyway, but Alabama signed seven seven, yes. Five star players, and then twenty four stars. That's a that's a shit ton of players. Uh, that seems
1: good. Yeah, yeah, good. but that that's lower on the five star average than they've been.
0: I mean, you're still getting, and, and it may be because you've got Georgia that is starting to siphon away a little bit of that talent as well. But
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's not a huge knock on on Alabama by any means. Parody, um, I would say. Yeah, I think they are getting caught, though, um, nationally. And I am just going to On3 in general and pulling them up really quickly. I, I'd be really curious. I, I know On3 does a little bit different system than than what all the other recruiting sites do, even though they kind, of, it's all pretty much the same people that started the other two. Uh, I'm curious to know, like where they have the top five from previous years. Uh, can you repeat the top five for me real quick?
0: Yeah, it's uh, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Miami, Ohio State.
1: Because so on State, Thursday, is, uh, on signing day, Oregon had climbed up to the top five at one point.
0: And see, that's what I thought as well. Because, um, But I wonder if it's got anything to do with that five-star safety flipping
1: because i thought twice he in the from, same day which yeah, yeah, is it's just ridiculous well, yeah, he I, was that was the one that,
0: um notre dame for a year then went to oregon and then went to uh oklahoma mm-hmm. so that was
2: the one that i was talking about and being regretful and coming on then and
0: oh yeah years? so yeah. good thing is we don't need to talk about bowen because we're doing it right now <laughs> just to, <laughs> th- i mean pay for play i'm i'm good with it but let's just call it what it is at this point that's that's what happened
2: um yeah well we we may be well seeing that in our favor soon enough so
0: it is what it is but you
2: know it's the greatest thing ever
0: you know it's it's a double-edged sword unfortunately but one player i did want to bring up from alabama and then we can move on is just caden proctor um because locally here i mean obviously we're nebraska fans but we interact with a lot of Iowa fans and a lot of people there touching that program and stuff. And just, I understand wanting a guy to stay home uh, because he's—I believe he's a Des Moines guy anyway, Iowa kid for sure. Uh, he did commit back in June, but nothing was signed to paper. And that's the thing—if nothing signed to paper, these these verbally binding commitments don't really mean anything. Um, you wanted him to stay home if you were an Iowa fan, but you understand why he went to Alabama as well. He went, I don't like his his term or his verbiage. I wanted to be surrounded by players better than me. I believe was his verbiage. Um, Iowa's got a, a good track record of getting guys to the league at the line. So, I I see positives and negatives to both, but the way some Iowa fans were handling it, it was a little uh little cringe to say the least. Wasn't good. Tony,
2: he used the word. Use the word "settle." He didn't want to settle, settle. There you go. Thank you. At at Iowa, which you know is is music to our ears. You know, every time a every time someone says they don't want to settle at Iowa, an angel gets its wings. But of course, said that, didn't he? <laughs> oh man, it's that's the thing. It's like just don't talk. You know, do your own thing. But it goes right back to where we were at the very beginning of this. It is so hard at that age to. Unless you've got the right people in your corner, you've got the right handlers. Somebody writes some type, some write something up for you. That's uh, you know, I don't know. But at the end even of even if you it, don't, probably, it doesn't
0: matter. Someone could take it wrong.
2: Yeah, well, somebody's going to take it wrong no matter what. You're right, and but it's like for the long time, it's it was almost you get the feeling that I'm just going to say this, I'm going to do this because it's a lot easier than disappointing everybody. Then let me just disappoint everybody on one day. I don't know. It's but good for him, though. Life. I mean, if 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 you can go to Alabama, play like play there, be around those other guys, and see your future a little bit quicker, why not?
1: Hey, uh, quick update. Uh, just dove through on three for the previous years. Actually, the last time Alabama even had uh, more than five five stars was 2018. So, oh, uh, if That's if you safe. look at if you look at on three's rankings, um, and I think it's evidence, but y- you can see the evidence of this on the field this year for them. Um, they have been slowly going down in recruiting rankings, um, regularly overpassed by Ohio State, Georgia, um, at times Miami, Texas. Miami has been recruiting at a top 15 level for the last 10 years. They just haven't developed the talent. Uh, they've been. They've been Nebraska on a much bigger scale, I would say,
0: yeah, I would say, yeah, because I mean, think about it, Miami down in Florida is getting a lot of the guys that are just right in your backyard, so they don't even have mm-hmm. to leave the state to lose and and they are so you know it, it's interesting when they got Cristobal because i I think all of us were pretty shocked when when he left Oregon. There's a lot of good reasons why he left Oregon um I, I don't know if I consider the ACC. The Pac-12 to the ACC a giant step up, but you get a little bit more respect in the ACC than you do at the Pac. Just you gotta wonder is, and I know this sounds dumb, but is year two a make or break year for Cristobal with the amount of money that's being put into that program and the expectations of him coming from Oregon to Miami? It's not a make um, or break year, is it?
1: I don't think so. Not yet. I mean. He's started I, off I, think, I think Miami, yeah, I think Miami's kind of figuring out where they're at right now, and they're giving people a little bit more time. I think you know Al Golden wasn't as bad as they made him out to be, he had a, a bad year or two, but there's reason to believe Al Golden could have hung out a little bit longer and made that program just a little bit more successful and left it in a better spot, and I said this, you know uh my tune's kind of changed on that rule obviously at nebraska at nebraska but i've said this you know several times since we fired scott frost the next coach at nebraska might not be the guy to get it done all the way they're going to stabilize the program and elevate us so the next guy can take off from there i i really believe that there's guys with ceilings um, at every school, they have their own individual ceiling, and then they have a ceiling that they can reach at a different school. Al Golden was never allowed to get to his ceiling at Miami, and I think when you do that to people, it's bad. That's why I still like, even though we've been downhill since we got rid of Bo, I'm still okay with us firing Bo when we did. I think he had maxed out where he was. That's right, and you could you could see it by the play on the field. We were getting worse. We weren't adapting nothing had happened we had hit his ceiling of nine nine to ten wins the big now if you make the the right hire yeah if you make the right hire at that point probably hold on to a couple of guys on that staff specifically keith williams dante williams were better today but you wouldn't hire mike Riley and let him bring in his whole staff however he wanted to
0: yeah yeah, I, I think you, you made a really good point there. I, I think Bo had kind of hit his peak, and his peak was 9 wins, which is damn good. It's just, we mm-hmm. have seen the transition from the Big 12 to the Big 10, and the uh, lack of adaptation in the run game, or defending the run game, was, was... And then,
1: you know, Matt Campbell and Nick Saban, right now, might be having the same battle, where they've overstayed their welcome. And I, I know Nick Saban has Saban. a lifetime yeah yeah Saban might Saban has a lifetime contract right obviously but eventually you've outlived it you know I've like about that many times eventually you can only win for so long you can only stay on that mountaintop and if you if you look at the alabama message boards and things like that they're livid the, the, I, and i know Yay. it's ridiculous it's it's ridiculous to say where we're coming from, but I don't know if Saban's able to get them back on top with the way Georgia's rolling and the way some of those SEC teams are going to continue to move up. Uh, Josh Heupel is going to hopefully keep carrying Tennessee to a new level. Hopefully, Lane Kiffin's doing that with Ole Miss, and you want that in every conference. Like you want, you want all of our new coaches to do the same thing in the Big Ten too.
2: So we've yeah. got we've, we've to have the other; those other SEC schools have to be picking each other apart and, and, mm-hmm. and beating each other, and not making it, you know, such an easy road for one or two of their teams. What jump back to on three? What you were talking about a minute ago, Drake, is in Miami specifically. Seven of their eight, and I just found this interesting: top players. Seven of their eight top players are from Miami. Now. Three of them are IMG products, but again, that's still Florida, so not Miami, but from Florida, you know. So something, something must be, something must be going on good, and that's kind of, you know, if Miami is going to come back, they're keeping some of those kids local, but they've got they've got that that system right there with IMG. That if you could improve a little bit and you could start utilizing that, almost like your own little juco system. And you've got in a, you've got a built-in advantage right there. So um they're five they're two five stars though, and I, I would take this in a heartbeat. They're two five stars who both offensive tackles.
0: So that's pretty nice. I would like yeah, to enjoy that.
2: You know, you got a, a fifth fifth kid or you know, nationally ranked fifth and a nationally ranked eighteenth player uh coming in to, to step in onto your line, and that's you know. Not a bad place like to start. Are
0: pretty good things then.
2: Yeah, I, it's yeah, something must be. But now it's hard to separate and just look at maybe coaching, take a look at that because now NIL is a determining factor. How much of that impacts you know where these where these players are going? And I think what will be interesting is being able to go back and somebody smarter than, than me, and probably it will be on three, but being able to track then, you know, the average stay of a player based on this much money, almost grouping them up into financial brackets of NIL on how long are they staying, if they, where they transfer to, those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, guys, I think there might be a couple of years, but I definitely think you'd be able to do a study on it.
1: So, here's the most interesting thing and i know we're we're not quite to where we want to talk to nebraska yet but i i really want to transition well i just want to point this out i just i just scrolled through the top 10 of on three's rankings and if you go back on their site they put the average distance for commitment on there Mm -hmm. in the top 10 only three schools had a closer average distance than nebraska georgia alabama and florida texas more than doubled it. And you talk about all the talent in the state of Texas, their average distance for a recruit over 1,100 miles. Nebraska's was 525. So uh, Ohio State was like around 900, I think. Um, I just did a quick glance. You can't tell me, you cannot use Nebraska doesn't have the talent within its borders to compete anymore because these top 10 schools that have continually competed minus Texas and Miami um and I'll even throw Florida in there while they have a huge talent pool in their own backyard their average recruiting distance like for commits is significantly bigger like when you average all that out and granted I know like one recruit from Hawaii in a class is going to make a huge difference for any school on the east coast midwest east coast but at the same time, like that should give Nebraska fans cause for hope is when it comes to your recruiting classes. I know we're 33. 33 to 10, top 10 is a huge difference. But, the again, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida were the only schools with an average recruiting signing distance closer than Nebraska.
0: It's interesting because you always hear that argument, but I've always thought that argument is – Shit, anyway, because there's players out there. If a player wants to play for you, go find them.
1: Also, keep in mind, like when those schools, again, top 10, so that means they're getting more talent nationwide because you win. You know, we're signing significantly more three stars than we are four and five stars, but Alabama is signing a lot of five stars or four stars close by, but Texas, Texas. Killed us in recruiting rankings. They and they only had three, three five stars and 11 four stars. Their average recruiting distance was 723 miles. 723. Now, some of that might be within the state still. Yeah, I like think that state. might be that big
0: state, <laughs> but Oklahoma but, LA, or Louisiana right next door.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, that. That's a good sign especially with with what you see that our staff was able to do in such a short period of time and still not being a completely full staff yet. Imagine where this it. staff can go.
0: Well, you brought it up. That's a good transition point, Drake. Let's transition to this Oklahoma team.
1: 690 yeah. miles by the way.
0: Okay, so right on the uh, right on just on the edge of Oklahoma then too. Yeah. Or are you saying Oklahoma's recruiting area was
1: 690? 690 for the average distance per signing. Okay. So
0: you got to think about it. If if you go, let's say at eight hours, I mean, that's Chicago from Omaha. So give the, you know, the entire Midwest and if Nebraska can re- recruit the Midwest. Well, and get a few guys off from the South and on the coast. That's, that's about your 800, 900 mile area. Wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. So there we go. I mean, they're doing a good job um specifically. I mean, a lot of these guys have a lot of experience in the northeast uh, which we actually seen with this recruiting class with you know a few guys from uh Philadelphia like Stewart, you got Carol Jackson. I know we got a couple more. Let's see. Uh Ives from uh, Jersey um and then Judy who or was a PA guy. Went to Texas a and but I mean they they got a lot out of the Northeast in this recruiting yeah. class. It's and,
1: and sorry, Oregon at nine was the was the school that doubled Nebraska. They were a little over eleven hundred, but still, sense I because mean,
0: because they don't have a ton of talent in the Oregon area. Still, good yeah. but not traditionally a powerhouse. Um, I'm, just,
1: I'm just saying, I'm I'm not, I'm no longer going to use that that narrative as a scapegoat for for poor recruiting. If these schools can do it, and some of these schools, even though they've been more competitive, we still have more resources than, not all well, of them, not many of them, most of them, I would say, we're on the same same boat as far as resources. Now, what do these schools have right now that we don't have? A very active NFL alumni and wins.
0: Well, also, we're great into making excuses on why something didn't turn out. Yeah, we were. We've we were. Coached to do that for the last four years by the head coach, but Uh,
1: make excuses. You know, you know what gets us that NFL alumni. What gets us that NFL alumni? Well, wins. But there's a lot of programs, Texas and Miami, are two of them that still pump a lot of guys in the NFL that haven't been winning either. What gets us there is development, and I would say that's what we've been lacking since Bo is development. Bo was a great developer. Bo did not give a shit about recruiting at the end.
0: He was good at developing the defensive side.
1: Well, I mean, most of our offensive guys, most of the offensive guys in the league right now are still Bo guys. They were Bo guys, but they
0: did not really develop from... They didn't develop like the defensive players did, is what I'm getting at.
1: Well, no, I mean... And Kung Su, Levante David, Prince of Mucamara. I mean, yeah, obviously.
0: I mean, even guys but, that weren't the top tier, but you've got your other guys that also played. Eric Hag, yeah. Uh Who was the other defensive tackle? Dejan Gomes. Uh, God damn it. I can't remember his name. Um, it's a local guy. Crick, there you go. Jerry Thank Craig. you. Crick went to the league, too. I mean, Denard went to freedom,
1: the league. Freedom. We was a shit ton Mucamara. of guys go to
0: the league. It's just the offense. Lack of we knew that.
1: Freedom. Yeah. Um, We had the other defensive tackle whose brother played on the basketball team, Dog Enduro. So, yeah. Great name. I think Dog Enduro was a Callahan guy, though. But the point is that staff at least developed. And, you know, they uh, they lived in the top 25 recruiting, but they lived with three stars from Youngstown, Ohio.
0: Yeah, this staff doesn't seem to be wanting to live with three stars. And, I mean, they they do have quite a few in this first class. But, man, some of these guys, I don't know how they're three stars. Specifically a guy like, depending where you look, Noonan, he's a four-star. Jaden Doss, four-star, depending where you look. yeah. Eric Fields is was newly rated. Um, a guy like Bryce Turner, newly rated. I could see Bryce Turner. Taking a step up to a four star as well. Um, same thing with Lloyd, just because their speed is world class.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's several guys in our class that are, are, you know, undervalued in recruiting rankings,
0: which I'm cool with. Uh, and, I'm good with it.
1: And we talked to, you know, uh, Brian Munson a lot about Malachi Coleman. And there was always the conversation of, is Malachi Coleman ever going to make the jump to a five-star? Well, the answer was simply no for two reasons. One, Nebraska's in-state talent is, is looked down upon by national recruiting rankings. And he was going to have to have an amazing year to do that. And he'd spent a lot of time hurt this year, which is unfortunate. That being said, even if, I think even if he plays, he doesn't get that four-star, even five, that fifth star. Even though he probably has all the physical tools and ability, he wasn't ever gonna get it here. Uh, Jalen Lloyd, or yeah, Lloyd, probably is a low end four star, very high end three star because of his speed. But again, as a whole, the state is looked down upon. so he is not getting the love that he deserves either. And I mean, you can say that for about guys in this state for years. Probably happened with Eric Crouch. Definitely happened with Alan Everidge, who played at K-State in Wisconsin. Um, There's just a lot of guys in this state that they're never going to get the fifth star that they probably deserve. You could sell me on the fact that Keegan Johnson probably deserved a fifth star out of high school. And uh, Xavier Betts. But the state is so looked down upon right now. Now that is starting to change a little bit, and you're seeing people come in here and recruit these kids. And develop them. Noah Fant is having another great year in the NFL. Local guy that slipped through our hands. So thanks a lot. Yeah, so the slipping slipping through our
2: hands versus completely walking and dumping the entire pot of chili. Mm-hmm. Reference intended is completely different, though. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's,
1: that's, I mean, I know who you're looking at right now. And this one's probably going to go down as one of the biggest in state recruiting gaffes in program history is Zane Flores. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't need to beat that dead horse already more than it's been beaten because,
1: but you know who we would have missed on had it not happened in a state championship? Tristan Alvano.
0: Yep, he's a big one. Though. Saying
1: that that the staff had never really communicated with him like other staffs. Alvano now, and the same thing with Lloyd. Yeah, thankful. And Lloyd was just going to go run track in college. He wasn't even. Gonna that's play what
0: football. the staff told him. You should run track in college.
1: Yeah, that's why they didn't now, fucking recruit him. Now, thank God, Mickey and the the rest of the staff offered him at the end of the year. But, you know, Rule and his staff made him a priority day one they weren't should. letting it's him get out. What
0: happens when you got a good athlete, you should and you see exactly. how you can fit him into your program. Those are guys you should go after, which
1: Yeah. And know, I mean Brian Munson said it and and a couple of other guys have said it recruiting analysts. He's an NF he has an NFL leg right now as a, as a 17 18 year old kid. And we were going to let him out. And we used to be known as kicker punter you. Think about how many great kickers and punters we've had running around the league for over 10 years that are just now out and we have nobody there right now.
2: Hashtag special teams. So Zach, who, and let's, let's focus on the, not transfers right now, but, and this is for both of you, but I'll start with Zach. Who is your favorite commit from Wednesday for the Huskers?
0: You know, that's a great question. Can I give you two?
2: It's your, it's your show, Santa. All right. Oh, and by the way, before I before I forget, because you already did your boo, how would how does Santa say ho 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 in Alabama?
0: Ho ho ho. I don't so know. Gotta, we gotta
2: start cutting some of this stuff up, Drake, and actually using it. Like Hey
0: cousin, how you doing? <laughs> oh, terrible. Um, my two favorite recruits from the recruiting class on Wednesday, Riley Van Poppel, um is one that I absolutely love. And I think my other one, and you said no transfers, right?
2: Right. Just doing, yeah, right now.
0: So I'm going to go Van Poppel. Reason is I like what Van Poppel brings to the table. He really reminds me a lot of Ty Robinson coming out, which gets me very excited as a guy who's watched a lot of Ty Robinson play football. My other one, I think I'm going to go with, this might sound like a cop-out, but I think I'm going to go with Eric Fields. Maybe not necessarily this year, but possibly on special teams. I could see him making some big plays because he is such an explosive, twitchy dude. A lot of it's going to depend on when he gets on campus as well, if he's an early enrollee or not. But I think Eric Fields is a guy that I could see pushing for some play time this year on special teams and making some big plays. So those are my two. Van Poppel and Fields. You go transfers. I've got some other ones that we'll
2: get get there. Drake, who do you have for commits? Uh,
1: for me, one or two.
2: Don't and you can't tell us the entire every offensive line. Not the defensive line. No, I'm not.
1: For me, it is Jalen Lloyd. Um, mainly for Jalen Lloyd's one of my two, and Jalen Lloyd is the reason. The biggest reason is he's exactly the type of guy that Rule has talked about recruiting for years um undervalued freak athlete that they could teach the football skills to. And I already think he's a pretty damn good football player. Um and he has the athletic ability to be a professional athlete. He's just got to hone the craft and be developed. Can and I just say so, something real quick, Drake? Yeah.
0: I want to challenge Bryce Turner and Jalen Lloyd to a race. I throw down the gauntlet let's see what's up, boys.
1: The three of you?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Are you driving uh, your? Are you driving a car?
0: No, you know what? I I want to start at the same time they do, just to see how uh, how fast I am.
1: Well, you're yards, not. That's it. I'll tell you well, that. <laughs>
0: well, I, I want to see if I'm within 20 yards. That's kind of where I'm at.
2: We could re we could reenact the entire scene. You might be with within 20 Will, yards if with, it's a 40. With Willie Mays, Oh man,
0: I think I could I think I could be within 20 yards if it's a 100. Your boy's faster than you're giving him credit for.
2: Those guys could be lying in cots 50 yards or 40 yards away from the facility. You go, they get up, they run out in their pajamas, like on major league. And I still think they win.
0: It's a possibility. I mean, Zach about doesn't even get that owners. movie reference. I no. do too. My back hurts getting out of bed. So yeah, well, there's, yeah. A,
2: cause there's a chance that if I were in that race too, it's five yards and I'm pulling up with two torn hammies and I'm already winded. And so, and then, Hey, no offense, Drake, but you were posting your food selections from yesterday. So oh you yeah, ain't got a, you ain't got a shot in hell.
1: No prayer. I did. I, <laughs> I, I didn't have a prayer when I was an athlete. <laughs> that was that's hilarious.
2: All
1: right, another so, one, right? Or did you finish I, on
0: your? Play, on your, uh, no, so, your no. So,
1: so back. Uh, hold on. I on the basketball court, I was known as the crafty old guy, even when I was the young guy. <laughs> It's all about mixing up speeds. You go from slower to just slow and it's just as good as being quick. Um, So obviously Jalen Lloyd's one. Here's my other one that I think, I think people are going to, you know, kind of undervalue and it's Dwight Boodle. And there's a couple of reasons why I really want, I I like Dwight Boodle. One I'll be I'll admit it, I was pretty hard on his brother during his time in Nebraska. Uh and Dwight was basically on record during the recruiting process. He really only wanted an offer from Nebraska and it was not coming. And then when it came, committed right away, right? And never once. Minutes. Yeah, never once did he decommit to re-explore his options after. After the frost firing, after Shenander was let go, none of that. And all the while continued to peer recruit. Um, and the reason why that is so important to me is Rule has not said this once, he has not said it twice, he said it multiple times. We want the guys who want to be here. We don't like if they want to wanna to be here for NIL, we don't want them. And Dwight Boodle is that guy right now. And he's probably the number one guy in the class for that in terms of, I just want to be there. That's all I want. And I think Dwight Boodle is a guy that can immediately change a culture in terms of how much you love this program.
0: Yeah, Boodle's Boodle's a guy I'm excited about. I I like what he can do um, athletically, but I think the culture thing is a bigger thing that he actually brings to your program right now.
1: I honestly like he cannot, he can never play it down as a starting corner for us. And I think he's that important to this program moving forward. I really do. I ne- that's not to say I don't think he won't play, but he could not sense, play and be important. Fitz, who, who are your guys?
2: Um, I'm going to stay, <clears throat> excuse me, on the defensive side for both of these. And I think. I, I scrolled down just a second ago. Um,
0: Old eyes can't catch up.
2: And it's, well, no, I just lost my spot.
0: That's it's controlled.
2: It's kind of a little bit deeper, you know, kind of what Drake was talking about. There's a reason beyond just the football side of it. Um, but for first one, uh, Prince Will, uh, Uma Melin. I think there's some lineage there. Rule has history with a, an older brother, but as an edge, a four-star, but it's also getting us back into Texas. Um, I think that's. I think he's got the potential um, to add on to that already, you know, pretty pretty good frame um, and and fit with with what they want to what they want to do, which is really kind of have a positionless defense, just like you almost like they've talked about a positionless offense. And so see where he fits. But then the other one, again, kind of the same reasons, but size potential and I am just curious to watch what this staff can do. It goes back to what Drake talked about with development, uh, and what Terrence Knight and Porkchop can do, for example, with a guy like Vincent Carroll Jackson. Uh D line 6'4 or 6'5, 285. He's only a three star, but he, Ramir Stewart coming out of Pennsylvania, you talked about the East Coast a little bit earlier. I think if you can get a little bit more traction in that state, for example, because I don't care what school they go to, but I guarantee we're going to hear about in a year or two, one of the best linebackers either in the nation or in the NFL was a Pennsylvania guy. It just, they, they produced some linebackers um, in an amazing fashion. So uh, I'll, I'll be excited to watch Vincent Carroll Jackson and, and Prince. Will. now there is a the nice part is we had a lot of choices um but uh it's no, it's it's good how about uh about transfers for you guys
1: well hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in a uh honorable mention uh because he has the frame to fill it out and he's a guy that everybody's talked about a lot i'm curious if rule and staff can bulk up malachi coleman and convince him that his future is at defensive end or even potentially tight end where he's just a freak. Um, I think if you can convince him to bulk up and play defensive end, that's an elite pass rusher that we have been missing since Randy Gregory. Like true, truthfully. Now, I I think Oshawn had a good year. I think, um, I think the defensive line was significantly underrated this year. But I think Malachi Coleman can be an every down game changer at that position if they talk him into it and get him to buy in.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see him an outside linebacker, but I think it's I don't know. He may be uh maybe stuck on receiver. I don't know what they recruit him as it, I think
1: I, he's a little tall to be a linebacker.
0: As an as an edge guy though, I think he'd be fine. He's six five. That's the average height for an outside rushbacker.
1: Yeah, but if he has to play in coverage, I I just feel like that's a. I think he's much more like a guy that came out of Ohio State a couple of years ago. Why well, can't I think of that guy's name?
0: Baron Browning?
1: No. Um, Darren Lee? Two or three years ago. What, position what was that? Did he play? Defensive end. Why well, can't I think of his name? you talking
0: about Zach Harrison?
1: No, the guy with the Washington Red, uh, football team now. Oh,
2: She's he's hurt right now.
1: Chance. Yeah. All right. What is it? Chase Young. Yes. Yeah, Chase Chase Young. Young. I think Malachi Coleman (laughs) could be a Chase Young type player at the edge.
0: Well, I'm gonna. Well, you you asked the transfer thing. Uh, I got two. I'm gonna go with no, no. I'm gonna go with one. I'll go Ben Scott. I think that's your immediate starter. I think it's a pretty easy one. Um, Sounds like he's gonna be center, and then you figure out the rest of your line from there. Bump Newellie to a guard spot, and then figure it out from there.
2: And I like and I, I like what he said, you know, in one of his interviews. But, you know, he flat out said, I'm coming to Nebraska to play center because that's where I'm going to be drafted. And that's what he wants. He wants to play center. I think he's got a little bit of a mean streak to him. Um, I think, you know, there's, you know, somebody, Drake, you mentioned just a second ago that you don't think the defensive line got the credit it deserves from last year or from last season in the defensive play. Well, it's kind of like, you know, everyone sat up in their chairs quite a bit, spit out their drinks and choked on something. But when Matt Rule said that he didn't think the offensive line was as bad as people thought, you know, and there's something he's looking at, man, there that's going to be the most interesting situation to discuss. If, you know, there's a couple new guys, maybe Ben Scott for sure, but if the system and they let donovan raiola coach and other things come into play and those guys could actually do some good and some of the guys that were on it this year step up i mean that's going to be that's going to be an indictment on the on the old staff for sure but anyway
1: sorry about that Well, no i i agree with matt rule too um especially with some of the stuff that you hear about what people were hearing uh somehow some media members accidentally got access to the headsets during a couple of games, and you could hear uh, Raiola yelling at Whipple, and you hear some of the rumors of Raiola had no say in the scheme and was talking to a guy like Anthony Grant and saying, hey, I know this play design's here, but here's where the hole is actually going to be run here, Um, which makes a lot of sense when you talk about early on in the year we were talking about missed holes, right? um I I think the offensive line was better than what numbers showed and what they looked like, and it was all scheme, it was all a scheme problem um which is why I was I was very hard on Whipple towards the end of the year. uh, my number one transfer, Jamari Butler, uh leaving Nebraska and coming back within a week. um <laughs> all all jokes aside, I, th- I I do think Jamari Butler fits this defense. Um a lot better. I think I think he's going to be very important. Um, but another transfer I'm super interested in is Josh Fleeks. Um, wide receiver coming from Baylor to Nebraska. We've we have dominated the wide receiver transfer portal in recent years. Um, Samari Touray, Trey Palmer, Marcus Washington. All those guys have been pretty good. Um, the only one that we kind of missed on was kind of Noah. So I'm curious to see what Josh Fleeks can do in terms of coming in and, you know, just carrying that wide receiver room early on. Um, And it doesn't hurt that uh, I had a college basketball teammate with the same name. So not even close to as athletic, a lot taller, not as, not as athletic.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, there's so much talent that's coming in. We'll just have to see what this, what this uh, staff can do with them. Track record development, so
1: you know, fingers. I crossed got this. a, tr- I got a transfer question for you.
2: Let me give you my guy real quick, and then you can ask.
1: Oh yeah, sorry, I thought you already did. No, that's all right. I'm gonna and I'm gonna
2: cheat, but I'm gonna give you two because I'm gonna do one on each side. But I'm I'm looking forward to Ili- uh, Elijah Judy uh, on the D line, um, mm-hmm. and then, and I know the other guys coming back too. Not a not a transfer, but you just never know. But I am really intrigued. And interested to see how things play out with Jeff Sims. I think he's got the potential to be, you know, the a guy that can be, you know, I don't know if you want to call him a placeholder, a bridge, whatever it is, for the next season or two. But I think I think the upside is is, is definitely there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, now here's my question: Is there anybody from Nebraska current? currently in the portal that you think might end up coming back. Specifically, I am looking at uh, Camonte Grimes and DeColdis Crawford. There was talk about them a couple weeks ago, potentially withdrawing their names. And second follow-up question. Are you guys surprised that Jaden Gold committed to Syracuse right after we hired their defensive coordinator?
0: No, he's a Jersey guy, and I see them both coming back. I, I think they've already both established that they're. I, I I don't think they're going anywhere. I think if they were going um, to, they would have.
2: But rule also said a
0: coach announcement, which they already know.
2: Rule said in his press conference though that there's some guys that that they jump into the portal and then they want to come back, and he may have to have a conversation with them and say, you know what, no, you're just better off looking for looking for your next spot. For whatever that is, and you also have
0: It's an adult decision at that point.
2: It is. And again, again, you know, where where are you getting your information? Who are you getting it from? You know, what's your what's your reason for leaving? You know, those are the things that we don't know, which always kind of leads me right now back to, you know, the Ernest Hausman decision. Like I know I know you get a chance to go to Michigan. It was a surprise, maybe I was missing something, but I just you kind of wonder like he could have been he could have been the man, right? He he would have had an opportunity, especially NIL local stuff like that. I don't know. That's it's it's interesting. Well,
1: with Ernest, um, and I listened to Mike Schaefer talk about this a few different times since the commitment and a couple of other guys. It sounded like Ernest was always super high on Michigan, but never really got the traction with them that he wanted in the recruiting process. And then he was able to show out this year uh, because he was forced to play due to injuries and got the respect that he wanted from them. It, I mean, let's call it what it is, even though you got a whole new staff here. um, He's probably young enough to not fully understand what this, what our current staff has been able to do development wise in the past. And he's, Playing the what have you done for me lately game, and Michigan's just done that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they so I can't argue so. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't fault him for that. Now, what I will say is the fact that Crawford and Grimes have not officially withdrawn from the portal is kind of a telling sign to me that, you know, maybe those are two of the guys that rule a system said hey it might be better for you to keep looking for your spot because jamari butler was in the portal for like two to three days which means that staff made him a priority to talk him off the ledge so i i'm curious with what happens with those two uh there's a couple of guys in the portal that i was surprised that they entered but i get it and i don't expect them to come back marquise black being one of them Masai newsome being another kevin williams um I'm just really, I'm curious, like, Elante Brown is a guy that I think has been criminally underused. You guys know how high I am on that? And he tweeted out when guys were entering the portal, I don't have a plan B. Like, this is where I want to be. And he's a guy that, to me, like, Boodle is a guy that can change your culture. Even if he never gets used in the way that he should, that's a guy I want on this team. And that's a guy that I think can be a huge difference maker down the road for this program.
0: Well, because uh, I got to leave in five minutes, so uh, we got. I got one question that I want to answer real quick. It's a wish list for twenty twenty four that we got asked for recruits. Um, I got six. Do you get? Did you guys get a chance to look into the recruiting class for twenty four by chance or no? A
1: little bit, yeah. No, nope, but I only have one.
0: So Ryle is obviously number one. So we're not even going to mention him. Uh, my six are Davion Hall or Davon Hall from Bellevue West, Carter Nelson, Mario Buford, uh, Navarro Schunk, uh, Arian Hampton, and then Caleb Pyfrom from Central. That's my six. I've got a tackle at one, a wide receiver, athlete at two, guard at three, tech or a corner at four. Nelson's a tight end at five, and then Davon Hall wide receiver at six so building a little bit of everything but overall building the lines once again Pyfrom is six foot six and 300 pounds right now so goddamn good frame on that kid big kid um same thing with shunk uh he's also another six foot five kid i believe he's a guard from south dakota um so i just want to bring those names up because we got asked um but uh We can probably put the uh, put the bow on this, boys.
1: What's the the name of the is on your wish list?
2: (laughs) Well, and I'm just I I thought I had it and I I don't. The uh, it's a new his sister transferred his running track here, he's a tight end 2024 prospect. Um, Ian is it Ian? Is there he's going to come to visit after January 12th after the dead period? Um, I'm not sure. So okay. uh, it's you know poor poor preparation on my part, but to be fair, I didn't have the <laughs> document till 25 minutes. But anyway, um,
0: well, I didn't I know think, until you guys were told me yesterday. Just
2: hey, just just giving you, just giving you grief, Santa. Um, no, there's because okay. there's that's kind of where I'm at. Because I want to see. I think we need to build because we don't know right now with what Pidone's gonna what he's gonna do, what he's gonna be. Um, I'm hoping he's healthy for his you know his sake and, and you know for the team. But I think tight ends a room that we've got to. Uh, Ramp back up a little bit um, and I'd I'd like to see a kind of one of those blue blood high star. Everybody's coveting type of linebackers to get some to get some traction and maybe have Nebraska have a a chance with somebody like that.
1: Isn't it crazy how many tight ends we still have on scholarship on roster that we've just seen nothing from? I think I think we have five right now. And no, it's pretty just standard for this team. Haven't been able to get them on the field. Uh, I have two: Davion Hall from from uh, Bellevue West, the wide receiver, um, and then obviously Dylan Riola. And Dylan Raiola, Dylan Raiola is my number two. Um, Hall is my number one because, again, that's winning in-state recruiting battles. We got, we got to keep those guys in. And I loved what the staff basically came out and said on signing day. Hey, thanks for coming to recruit our kids, but if they're good enough to play here, we're taking them and we're getting them here, Um, which I loved. I want to lock down those borders, but Raiola is my number two. um, And after that, there's nobody else on my wish list, because I think if you get Raiola to commit early enough, and I'm hoping he, I I really think he is going to commit. I think he's going to commit by early February. If you get him to commit, it totally changes the outlook of your class and who him and a couple of other guys are going to be able to peer recruit. It, you, it totally changes the dynamic the day you get a five-star quarterback.
2: Going back to your boodle thing, though, too, do you think we get Mario Buford? Do you think that's um, – which would be a big get, too. I think he's got some peer recruiting prowess um, and some some ways that he can affect it as well.
1: I, I think we I think we can. I don't know that we that we do. Um but I think we can. And if we do, you're just you're showing that it's a family. Because a guy like Buford on roster already, not even entertaining the transfer portal, wants to stay and be developed by these guys. Put an ear, put a bug in his brother's ear, builds it up. Um You're going to, I feel like keeping some of those guys that they might not necessarily see contributing. And I think Buford's going to be a contributor for this staff, but let's say he wasn't keeping him getting his brother just adds to what they've been preaching. We want to be a family. We want to develop and we want all of you and we want you to want to be here and making a guy like Marcus Buford feel like he is um, an important part of this roster when you're coming in and he's, you know, got a pretty serious injury and they basically said, Hey, we don't even want you to entertain transferring. We have a spot for you. We think you're going to be a great player. We're going to develop you like, like you've never been developed. And we want you to talk to your brother about that too. And we want to, we want to make this a special place that it hasn't been in a long time. All the right things. Oh,
0: okay. Okay.
1: I guess well, he's out. I guess I, that's a great
2: way. We'll just finish up there.
0: Well, I was going to say, I got to leave now anyway, but uh, I'm
2: on the naughty list, I guess.
0: Well, I guess. Thanks for leaving us, Drake. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. Uh, thanks for joining today. Uh, you and Drake both was an awesome show. Merry Christmas to you guys.
2: Merry Christmas. Uh, and if I can pass this along from, um, my family to yours, my family, not me, uh, Go Cowboys. Oh,
0: God, I hate you so much. Well, for Sam, Fitz. It's
2: Sam, It's not me. It's
0: huh. For Fitz, Drake, myself, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great holiday. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
2: Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.